Welcome to the Mum Break Podcast, a place where you can feel normal, get helpful information, and laugh your ass off, hopefully without peeing your pants. I'm your host, Erica, and I have two kiddos. I am not a mom expert, but I do have a zillion hours of therapy under my belt and no filter. I'm on my own journey to find happiness, and I want to help you on the way to yours. Hello, guys, and welcome to one of the few solo podcast episodes that I've done for this podcast. I felt like there wasn't really any other way to do this episode because I wanted to sh- I wanted to talk about this topic for so long, and I wasn't sure how to fully share it because Instagram posts didn't make sense, stories weren't enough. I didn't want to do a big long video. I wanted something that you guys could just sit and listen to, and really get into it. And it's going to be all about the lies that we tell ourselves, the stories that we create, how the thoughts in my brain through the early years of motherhood were actually what were causing me the problems. And I'm going to take this episode and do something a little bit different and walk you through some of my thought journals. It sounds way cheesier than it is. And my experience with therapy and how really all of this has been the foundation, the bedrock for how I think about things and how I don't let things bother me in the same way they used to. And I mean, I don't mean that things don't ever bother me. Things absolutely always still get to me and bother me if someone says something to me that's hurtful or if I think of something that's hurtful to myself. It still initially bothers me, but the really cool thing is is that now I'm more easily able to walk through it and challenge that. So things like I used to tell myself I was a bad mom for putting my kids in childcare and wanting to go exercise. Or I would feel guilty about not liking parenting. A whole bunch of different thoughts. I'm going to walk through some of them and share. And I think you'll find a lot of the thoughts that I have are very similar to yours. They just people don't often talk about them. And I'm going to break down some of those thought journals of how I walked through step by step these ideas or lies or stories that I've told myself. Now, I'm going to throw my little disclaimer in here. I am 0% a therapist, as I say in my intro. I've just done a lot of therapy. And all I'm going to be doing is walking through how I personally do things and the experiences that I've had. So I will, in the show notes, actually include some therapist recommendations. So if you ever want to reach out directly to a therapist and talk to them about this, as opposed to just listening to some random chick who's on Instagram who now has a podcast, you can uh, check them out. Now, the reason why I finally wanted to share this process and this journey and get nitty gritty into my thoughts as a mom and how I've sort of overcome them is because of experience I had last weekend and I'm sure some of you saw it on Instagram I put a post up about it but essentially the story behind it is I was biking in Ottawa with my friend Jenna we have started this little routine where we bike from our homes we live sort of in the outskirts of bar or in Ottawa in Barhaven and we bike down to our workout she owns a gym so we bike down to the studio do our workout and then bike home and the bikes there and back are just very casual we, she's a triathlete, so she just sort of slums in with me. <laughs> and it, it's meant as sort of a social exercise combo, great morning mental health thing. And 
on our bike ride home, we were on a busier street. And it's funny because I looked down at the street and it's one of those streets where you it gets so narrow that it actually has a bike lane image on the asphalt or the pavement because you're meant to then share that one lane with the car. So it's slow traffic anyways. It was a busy Saturday. People were already going really slow. So you take the lane and um, then move out of the way when you can. So anyways, all that to say is after about 500 meters, I don't know what that is in miles, I'm sorry, of biking in the lane, um, I pulled over to stop. We had to stop at a store and buy a mask because COVID. And <laughs> somebody rolled down their window, leaned their head out of the car and yelled, buy a car, you fat whore. And I was like, what just happened? It was um, a woman, maybe a little bit older than me, um, literally like window down, leaned out, yelled at me. So what made me realize I wanted to talk about this was how, before I had started therapy, if someone had leaned out my window yelled at me, buy a car, you fat whore. Before I had started therapy, I probably would have taken it very differently than I do now. I would have been sad, hurt. I would have questioned my body, my figure. I would have been really sad about it. And honestly, <laughs> I would have taken it really personally, even though the person doesn't know me at all. And honestly, doesn't, can't, even get enough glimpse of me to even know anything about me. So I would have taken it in really horrible ways. I would have let it get to me. I would have let it make me sad. It would have honestly very much ruined my day. But when I posted about it, the main message on Instagram behind my post was not poor me. Someone just yelled at me. It was what she said and what she did had nothing to do with me and entirely everything completely to do with her. And because of that, and because of a whole bunch of things I walked through in my head through this thought journal process, I was able to identify and get to a point where, okay, I processed the feelings that jumped into my head, I moved past them, and then out from out of it, I came to the point where, well, she doesn't know me, I don't care what she thinks, her opinion really doesn't matter to me. And her opinion and her actions actually say significantly more about her than me, the healthy mom who's taking a mental health break on her bike doing exercise, <laughs> something that I know I was doing safely, was all good. And based on the comments on the post, a lot of you and a lot of messages I got really expressed how if that had happened to them and they had experienced that scenario, they would have been very, felt very personally attacked by it. And it made me realize that through all of this therapy stuff I've done, I, I now process thoughts in a completely different way than I had, say, four or five years ago. And what I want to do on this episode is actually walk you through step by step how I process thoughts and how I get to that end result. And I'm going to give you a few exact examples and they get a little nitty gritty um, and they get really personal. But I think it's there's no other way to explain how my brain gets to that end point because I think that this way it's cognitive behavioral therapy is the type of therapy I was doing. It is completely shifted and I do this almost automatically now. But I, I at the beginning, I did use an app and I did this with the support of a therapist. So when I initially learned this technique, 
it was in a therapist's office with the app in front of me, walking through, we talked through it. So I'm gonna actually, again, not a therapist in any ways, but I'm just gonna show you exactly what I do. So the app is called Mood Tools. I'll put it in the link. I think it's a free app. I got it so long ago, I can't remember. It is not a fancy app. It is not anything that a spreadsheet can't do. Um, but essentially what it does is every time you have any sort of thought, good, bad, true, false, anything that's for me was causing me really any sort of extra time spent on this thought, I put it into my thought diary in the Mood Tools app and it actually allows you to work through it step by step. So I'm gonna use this example of someone yelling out the car window to help you understand how my thought process actually then gets to the more positive result as opposed to some of these lies that I was telling me about. So I it goes through and I can do screenshots and I'll share them in another place, but essentially, actually I'll share them in the, um, uh, if you look in the link in the profile, I'll share some of the screenshots. You can actually see what it looks like as well. Um, that might help, but I'm gonna walk you through it and I hope this will be an easy way to follow along. Essentially, the title of this one is Yelling Mean Things Out of a Car because <laughs> it forces you to put titles so you can go back and reference them if you have recurring thoughts. What emotions did that elicit from me? It made me feel really angry. It made me feel guilty because I always feel guilty. We struggle with, I struggle with this one personally a lot. And it made me feel really sad. And the details of it was that I was biking with my friend Jenna in Westboro and I heard someone yell out from behind me but I ignored them. Then 30 seconds later, as I pulled over to the sidewalk to stop at a store, a car had their window open. A woman, ironically, yelled out and yelled, buy a car, you fat whore, and then drove away. So as part of this process, I've now established that I'm feeling angry, sad, guilty. These are things that just sort of come naturally and are elicited from this thought that I'm telling myself. And here's the details in the scenario. And the negative thoughts that I have or that come from it are these ones I have identified. Number one, I must have done something wrong, which is my go-to as well for me. <laughs> Number two, and I, I put this one not because I believe it, but because it's a thought that organically popped into my head. Number two, I must look fat on my bike. Number three, why are people so freaking mean? Number four, I must have done something wrong with bike rule, traffic bike rules. And number five, how could she even say that? So I'm identifying, and I'm sure there were more. Um, I did this way after the fact, but at the time, I remember thinking things like, oh, negative thoughts is because I'm with my skinny friend Jen. Again, my friend Jen is a triathlete. She's much more petite than I am. I'm not a petite person in any means. So then it goes there. It's that comparison game as well. But there was just a whole bunch of negative thoughts that immediately, whether they were true or not, flooded into my brain. And then it does something really neat. It allows you to choose cognitive distortions. And if I read the sort of technical version of it, it's a negative thought patterns. Negative thought patterns are commonly called cognitive distortions. Cognitive distortions are exaggerated or irrational thinking patterns that cause and perpetuate negative moods. They are thoughts or beliefs that are con that convince you of things that are not true, also called twisted thinking. 
There are many types of distortions identified such by psychologists, such as all or nothing thinking or catastrophizing. Catastrophizing? We'll just pretend that's right. Recognizing your cognitive distortions in a situation can help you understand yourself better and then change your negative thoughts towards the process. So that's the sort of textbook boring version of it. But essentially, we all tell ourselves these thoughts all the time. And most of them have that sort of cognitive distortion behind it where maybe you're filtering out the positive or you're overgeneralizing it. Or oftentimes with moms, I find we're having this mind reading cognitive distortion where we're just assuming that someone is thinking that and then therefore listening negative emotion on us. So that's the, um, <laughs> the gist of the super fancy one. I'm sure I can find some extra videos about it, but you'll see what I mean in a second about how my cognitive distortions actually affect these thoughts. So what then this app does is you take that negative thought and you challenge it. So my first negative thought was, I must have done something wrong. If I'm going to challenge that and we challenge things in completely different ways and it works for everybody very differently. But for me personally, when I challenge that thought I of I must have done something wrong, I ask myself, did I actually do anything wrong? No. Okay. That one, that negative thought is axed because I must have done something wrong. Well, did I? No, I did nothing wrong. Negative thought number two, I must have looked fat on the bike. Now this is a bit, this one's a bit more, was a bit more challenging for me. I challenged that saying, if I did look fat on my bike, why is that a problem? Should it matter what other people think? Does the opinion of a stranger matter more than how I feel about myself? And again, this is a very personal one too. How you challenge things is completely different depending on who you are, your values, your experience, all of these things. But th again, this is just an example of how it worked for me. Negative thought number three, why are people so freaking mean? I challenge this by saying people can be mean, but can I control that at all or the situation at all? Why would I let a random opinion affect me in any way? And I think that's really cool. It often, this is something I go back to. I, I constantly, I find myself questioning, especially now in COVID days, why, why? But if I have no control over it, I have no control over, you know, how people think of me or how people talk to me. I can't control that at all. So why would I then let it affect me? Negative thought, thought number four, I must have done something wrong with the traffic bike rules. <laughs> this one popped in because I have been hardwired to be a safe cyclist um, with my parents, their background, their cyclist background. I know all the rules of the road. I know all the hand signals. I, I've, I even stop at stop signs on my bike. So I'm a, I would consider myself a very safe cyclist. So I challenge that by saying, did I actually do anything wrong? Is there room to improve? And then I just acknowledge that I have followed all the rules and I am a respectful and safe cyclist. So that one is just incorrect. Number five, why would she even say that? And I challenged it by saying, does it matter? I have no idea what she meant, what she's been through, and honestly, why does it matter? And we are almost at the end of this thought process or this thought diary or journal in this one thought. And normally I do this all in my head really quickly, but I'm walking through step by step for you guys. I have now done 
my emotions. I've identified that I'm angry, guilty, and sad. I've talked about the scenario. I've identified my negative thoughts and then what cognitive distortions played into those thoughts. I've challenged each individual thought and broken them down. And now here's where it ends with an alternative thought. So I'm taking that negative thought and I'm flipping it around. Negative thought number one, I must have done something wrong. My alternative thought to that is I made the right choices and didn't do anything wrong. Negative thought number two, I must look fat on my bike. My alternative thought is I'm on a bike doing what I love, having a blast. What a stranger thinks about my appearance doesn't matter at all. I love how powerful and awesome my body is. Negative thought number three, why are people so freaking mean? My alternative thought is people are mean, but I can't control that. So I'm not going to let it affect me. Negative thought number four, I must've done something wrong with the traffic bike rules. My alternative thought is I'm a safe, knowledgeable and respectful cyclist. Their issues, their issue is about them and not about me. And the last negative thought is how could she even say that? And my alternative thought is it's sad that her brain works that way. Not my problem. <laughs> and then as you can see, as I walk through this thought journal or thought diary or whatever you want to call it, I take that one identifying thought of, you know, the scenario people are being mean and it's hurting my feelings and I must look fat on the bike. And I take all of those and I break them down and I challenge each one and I identify each one and I come out of it essentially thinking, well, I did nothing wrong. Her opinion doesn't matter. Just kind of feel sorry for her. It's not my problem. I'm going to keep biking and doing what I do. And why I wanted to talk about this was you can apply this to literally any scenario. If I look back through my thought diary, I have all of my entries stored from when I started this process uh, at the beginning of when Austin was born actually. And I'm gonna go through a couple others really quickly but and not quite in as great detail, but just to give you guys an idea about how I use this to challenge my thoughts and how often they're just stories that we create and how these thoughts actually turn into problematic thinking. <laughs> And I hope that some of them help with you. So I'm going to do about four. I'll do them really quickly. I hope that you can see and relate some of them into your life. Um, but these essentially are the top ones pulled from my thought diary. So essentially when something pops into my head that either makes me really sad or anxious or upset, then I would sit down and work through them. So the first one is titled food poisoning. Essentially, I got food poisoning one day. I wasn't able to take care of my kids. I had to um, ask for help, probably from my parents. I can't remember the exact scenario. I was feeling angry and guilty and ashamed because I thought to myself, well, other moms can do this because you see people on Instagram all the time who are like, oh, I'm so sick. How am I taking care of my kids? Other moms can do it. So why can't I? And I felt guilty and horrible about it. Now, then what I had to do is recognize all the different cognitive distortions. I'm overgeneralizing this. Like this is not a one size fits all problem. This is just one thing you saw on Instagram one time. I'm filtering out the positive, the positive that fact that I have parents and people to help take care of things in this situation. The shoulds must statement. I should be able to take care for my children. Should I? It, I mean, you don't, who says that? What are the rules? And self-blaming. Now, 
this is a short and sweet one. I challenged it by saying this was an easy one because you don't often have to go through and break down all the different negative thoughts. But I, I nixed it with one quick question to myself. When I'm thinking I should be able to take care of my kids by myself when I'm sick, I don't need help. Other moms can do it. Why can't I? I challenged it with one simple line. Is it best for them? Is the fact that I would sit at home struggling sick with my kids when they have the option of grandparents to happily help take care of them, is it best for my kids to sit at home and likely probably watch TV all day while mommy's sick and grumpy? Really, no. <laughs> when I have that option. So my alternative thought then, this was a really quick one, it's better for them to be away from their their sick mother. Other moms... Um, don't necessarily know what they're doing either in life as mothers. I can do it, but I'm choosing not to because I have that option. So that was one example of how I felt guilty because I should be doing something. And then I challenged it with one simple thing. Is this what's best for them? Now I'm going to go into the next example I have. It's titled, Not a Real Mom. <laughs> Essentially what had happened, and I sort of remember this scenario, is that I was talking to two other moms and the thought popped into my head. And it doesn't mean that you have to think these thoughts and like really, truly um, work to think them. They could just pop into your head intrusively. Is I thought, well, they're real moms. I'm not a real mom. So I felt naturally really sad. And I identified this as I was labeling things like moms have to be a certain way, which is not in fact true. So I challenged this by saying, what evidence is there to prove that I'm not a real mom? What is a real mom anyway? And how am I not a real mom? I challenged it. And again, how you challenge it and how you have these alternative thoughts, it's all going to be totally different for everybody. But for me, I'm very fact-based and very anecdotal. That's what worked for me. So my alternative thought came into their parenting style is different than mine and it might just work better for them. Everybody has a different parenting style. What's to say that theirs is better and theirs makes them a real mom and mine doesn't. So that was one that, especially when my kids were younger, I thought of that all the time. And honestly, <laughs> I don't know about you guys listening, but so often I'm looking at my life and I look around and I'm like, wow, oh, this is a really great life. But I feel like I'm kind of faking it all the time and I don't necessarily feel like I feel like I'm actually just like faking it in a TV show sometimes like making my dinners and doing my schedules it just doesn't feel like I still picture myself being like a um what's the word irresponsible university student but that was a while ago so I need to move on <laughs> okay we talked about, I'm going to do a couple more activities instead of the gym. Now, this one I actually have a few about, and I struggled with, I remember actually spending an entire one or two therapy sessions about this because this was a really big struggle. I've said it a lot, I've said it before. Everybody has that thing that makes them take that mental reset, that makes them calm, that makes them happy, that brings them joy and fills them up. For me, I've identified forever that exercise is my thing. So if I want to have more energy, I can't go nap. I have to go for a run. Like, that's just how I am. So when I have young kids, I, the, it's called activity instead of gym. I was really saying that I shouldn't go to the gym. I should be doing an activity. And by activity, I meant like taking them to the farm or taking them to gym class. 
I shouldn't be spending my time with them doing, putting them in childcare and going to the gym because I should be with them 24 seven. And this is what I struggled with a lot. I, I, I feel guilty. I feel bad. I feel anxious. I feel overwhelmed that instead of doing something for myself, I should be with the kids doing stuff for them. I'm a mom. I chose this. This is my responsibility. This is all that I get to do. And this one was really, really hard to overcome. And it's funny because when I talked about, and I've talked about how there's different ways to challenge those negative thoughts and those cognitive distortions, I, I literally couldn't find a challenge or um, an alternative thought that was strong enough to overcome that feeling that I should be with my kids all the time and it was my responsibility to educate them and care for them and focus on their development because I chose this. This is what I wanted. I fought for this and it took a long time. So this is what ended up working for me. It may not be the same as what works for you, but hopefully it helps you understand. Now, the negative thoughts I have is that I shouldn't go to the gym. It should be, um, I should be doing something else and somebody else is taking care of them, I should be the one to take care of them. And the cognitive distortion I identified in this was that there was a whole bunch of should statements here. I should do this. I should do that. And with should statements, it's like, well, why? Why should I be doing this? Is there a rule, a hard and fast rule that this is how it needs to be for everybody? No, those don't exist. And minimizing minimization of the positive. So I'm really like not focusing on the positive at all. I'm just focusing on the negative side of the scenario. And I challenged it by saying, what's wrong with the gym? What else should the kids be doing? Should they be doing like alphabet stuff? Why is the gym bad for them? Is, um, is that person good for her? Is the person, sorry, I'm just reading through, and is that person good for her? By that I meant is the child care, because at some point I had planned to put them into like a, um, a gym child care. So there's a gym near me that's a big gym and they have a child care. And it's drop-in child care. It's not super expensive. It's like the most decked out child care ever with a play structure and games and really good child care. So it was... Um, really, really hard for me. The alternative thoughts I had for putting them in childcare and going to the gym and doing something I know filled me up were, this is what I ended up settling on, is that being exposed to other people and children is actually good for them. So this is in a way helping them. And then this I asked myself a million times over and over again when my kids were really little. In 10 years, will this matter for them? Will it make a difference to them. You're, if you're making a decision today that will not affect them at all in 10 years, what is the point in stressing about it for more than a few minutes? There's, there's none at all. Now, one of the alternative thoughts was is that this is what actually in Aubrey, it was Aubrey at the time, because I think Austin, I don't know where what he was doing, but I focus this a lot on Aubrey. This is actually what she needs because it's behavioral. And she needs the social and emotional development from this environment. So she would be exposed to pre-coronavirus, lots of other kids and behaviors and development and social opportunities. But this would be a positive thing for her. This is a good thing for her to be able to be with other people than me 24-7. And alternative thought, this is what 
I need. I need this for me. So you can see that through all of this, I was able to work to it that, you know what, this is a different way of thinking about it. And then I was ended up able to tweak my day. The one for me personally that actually made the difference was that this is actually a beneficial thing for their child development because it's going to help them long term, socially, cognitively, emotionally, all of those things. It's actually a positive thing for them. So that really, really helped me. Okay, I'm going to do one more and this one's a little bit more in depth, but I think that this scenario works for a lot of different things. Now, um, the context behind it is that I got a mean Instagram message. What else is new? And um, that's what I get for being on Instagram, putting my life out there, just part of the, part of it. But um, this one really hit home. So I actually did a thought journal about it. And how I think it works for most people is because there's so many, so oftentimes people can say something that you perceive as nasty or that is actually nasty that you let it get to you so much and you let it affect your decision and your day and your mentality and your overall mood. And through doing this thought journal, I'm able to not completely sidestep that, but it helps me work through it a lot more quickly. It just happened to be a mean Instagram message for context. So essentially somebody questioned my parenting and criticized me without knowing me. They sent me some really critical messages. Um, really, they were pretty bad, but I, the, what they were, what actually was said doesn't matter in this scenario and how it made me feel. It made me feel super angry, really guilty again, guilt underlying theme and super sad. It made me have some negative thoughts like I'm a bad mother. Maybe she's right. Um, maybe I shouldn't have left Austin. It was about sleep training. Um, negative thought. People are assholes. Why should, uh, why spend the time spreading hate? Why would anyone do that? And I identified that this cognitive distortion associated with was filtering out the positive, magnifying the negative and emotional reasoning. So I was pretty, these ones were pretty easy to challenge, but the problem is, is that you can still have those negative thoughts, but without intentionally challenging them, you get stuck in this spiral, this negative thought spiral. So I'm a bad, instead of bad mother, it was a really easy one to challenge because I'm actually a really great mom. Am I a perfect mom? No. Is anybody a perfect mom? No, but I'm actually a really good mom. So no, I'm not a bad mother. Maybe she's right. And... <laughs> That one, that one, it's was easy to challenge again as well, because how can she be right if she doesn't know the whole situation? And this is not just an Instagram thing, but a world thing. Very few people in your life and in my life and in everybody's life actually know the full situation, which includes all the details, all of your values, your partner's values, your children's uh like physical, emotional development needs, the stuff you've been through in the past, very few people know all of those details. And without knowing those details, you can't possibly be right just throwing spaghetti at the wall at someone else's situation. So when I think maybe she's right, I can challenge that pretty easily by saying, how can she be right if she doesn't know the whole situation? And then I thought to myself, maybe I shouldn't have left Austin. So Austin, I think it was about a sleep training comment. And he was, I think that's what it was about. And she was, um, he was crying and screaming. So I left him and that's a controversial topic. 
And the, I challenged it by saying, I did what was right for me and Austin. I know better than somebody, some random stranger. I said internet troll, but for you, it could be, I know the best in my scenario because you naturally, I think when people challenge you think, well, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Well, you've obviously done the research. You've obviously know you can receive all that information and in that scenario, I know my child, I know me, I know my family dynamic, and that was what worked best for me at the time. Negative thought, people are assholes. <laughs> my challenge is, yes, some people are, but it's not about me, it's about them. You can't control the assholes, they will continue to be assholes. They got stuff going on too, you can't control that. And my last negative thought was, why spend the time spreading hate? So I challenge that by saying, why spend time worrying about their hate? It's out of my control. I'd rather spend time on things that I enjoy. Because so often, for instance, the bike scenario, I could have easily spent the rest of that ride home stressing about how other people thought of me on the bike, how I looked big compared to my skinny friend, Jenna, how, um, I don't even know because I don't think of them anymore, but I could have easily spent that bike ride monopolized by all of these different negative thoughts that brought me down. But what I wanted to do was spend time on the ride with my friend, by myself, without kids, enjoying the little time I had to myself. Then I leave it with an alternative thought. My alternative thought after working through all of that was, I know that I'm doing the best and their message says more about them than me. Keep not giving an F-U-C-K. <laughs> It was a difficult emotion originally. Like when I got those mean messages, I was so upset and so hurt and so sad. And without having a chance to walk through these negative thoughts and filter, figuring out what some of those distortions were and challenging them and coming up with that alternative thought, I don't know that I would have gotten to a place where I was like, well, F it, not a big deal. I kind of don't really care. Their message is about them, not about me. I'm just going to keep doing me. And that's how now I live my life on a day-to-day -day basis. It's not something that's happened overnight. If I look at my thought diary, it is 2020, July. The last time, the first time I did this was at the beginning of 2018. So it's been two and a half years that I've been using this thought journal. And it's now only starting to get to the point where... I'm doing this naturally and challenging myself and challenging the thoughts. And that's where I've been talking about assumptions a lot. That's where assumptions come into play as well, because so easily we can assume and get wrapped up into these negative spirals thinking, you know, that person's mad at me because they didn't answer my message or this or that. But really that person who didn't answer your message, I've been the person on that end who don't answer messages. It could have easily been that if it was on Instagram or you show red receipts that your kid opened the message and just ignored it or it accidentally got deleted or literally any number of things could have happened or they simply could have read it, got busy and forgot about it and moved on. It's taking those cognitive distortions and assumptions out has been a long process for me, but now I hope I've explained this clearly enough. It's all about the lies I was telling myself and these stories that I was making up in my head based on nothing, how I would feel guilty about exercising, even though I knew it was the right thing for everybody involved. So 
I, I'm going to put a link to all the different things. I hope that this helps to challenge some of the scenarios that you're in and you can start to think about it. I'll also put a link to some therapists that um, I've recommended, I've worked with, or that I know are really good if this is the route you want to take. But for me, it's about all the thoughts that we have come into our head. They're not put into there always on intentionally. Sometimes they just pop in, oh, I look fat today, or oh, they're being mean to me, or um, you know what I'm going to do right now? <laughs> I'm going to actually read the titles of a whole bunch of my thought journals so you can see what I'm thinking. Um, she's crazy. Why did she bite me? Aubrey went through a really bad biting stage. Um, mean Instagram comment, mean Instagram comment, mean Instagram comment. Um, let's see here. Uh, angry that she doesn't bother Jordan. Jealous of moms. I'm a terrible mom. Uh, he gets to rest. It's not fair. Why can't I rest? Guilty for going to the gym. Overwhelmed with work stuff. I should be with my kids right now. This is too luxurious for parenting. Um, anxiety being at the mall without my kids. Um, my husband doesn't understand. I don't like my new life. This was a big one with, with parenting at the beginning. I didn't, I didn't adjust well. Um, people are giving me advice that I don't like. The baby is crying. I'll never catch up. I got food poisoning. I'm overwhelmed. All of these sorts of thoughts that pop into your head, whether they're intentional or not, can still be challenged and can still be worked through to identify if it's just a story we're telling yourself. And then you can move on and be free and be released of all that guilt and overwhelm and anxiety. Anywho, again, not a therapist, just my personal experience, my anecdotal story, if you will. I hope that it helps. If you guys have any questions at all, feel free. I'm assuming you'd want to message me privately. You can send me a message on Instagram at mum.break. I will try to put some of the screenshots and some of the examples and the scenarios in the notes below. If you want to join my text group, uh, I send a text sort of three to five times a week to the group about just random stuff. It could be support about cool new apps that I just found out about mood tools. It could be organization tips or hacks. It could be drink recipes, just very much mom life stuff. So that is, I will put the link below as well. It's a US number. All text message fees apply. And feel free to just reach out anytime. Uh, I do my best to manage uh, the messages. I think I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> and the one thing I'm going to ask is that if you do have time and you've been meaning to leave a review but just haven't got around to it on iTunes, if you have a few moments, I would so appreciate it. I'm realizing more and more now now that Inst or not Instagram, now that iTunes has sort of changed their algorithms and more people are looking to podcasts for sponsorships and deals and things like that, it is almost completely based on reviews and what people say and things like that. So on iTunes specifically or whatever podcast app you're looking on, if they have the option to review on iTunes, it's a bit finicky because you have to go to my main podcast page and scroll to the bottom and click this tiny little writer review note. That's just literally in words. There's not even a button. It's just words. It's a little underlined because it's hyperlinked. 
So it's really tricky to see, and then then it prompts you to write the actual review and leave this whatever number of stars you think it deems fit. Um, so at the beginning, when I was asking for reviews, it was it was sort of partly ego, partly this is what people do. But now I'm realizing more and more from a marketing perspective that that the amount of impact that it helps because I just got bumped up to number 20 on the Parenting um, Canada podcast all time list, which is huge. Um, so I'd like to crack into the U.S. because then I can actually um, get some really cool guests because oftentimes some of these really cool big guests are represented by PR agencies who are then ass- assessing the podcast based on reviews and things like that because it's really hard to see like viewers and listeners and things like that. So they go basically by reviews. So anyhow, all that to say, I'm trying to be transparent about why I want this. Um Number one, ego makes me feel good. <laughs> Number two, it helps with rankings, which then helps with uh, like paid placements and sponsorships if I ever want to get paid ads other than my own stuff. And number three, it helps bring in a different variety of guests because it gives credibility to the podcast if there's more reviews. Often people don't even consider reviews to be a guest if it doesn't have at least 50 reviews. Um, and now it's it's more of a, a credibility thing as well. So Anyhow, I hope that this episode helps today. I know that it was a little bit different than all of the other ones. I felt like this was a really important message to share because this is essentially the foundation of how I go about my day-to-day life with my thoughts and how I think about things literally every moment of the day. And I wasn't sure how else to express that and share that. So I thought that this was the perfect platform. Thank you guys so much. I hope everyone has a fantastic day. 